Welcome to You Can Do It Too, a podcast highlighting regular folks who followed their dreams and made it happen. I'm Joan Hutchinson, your restaurant maven. I've been described as a risk taker, though I never thought of myself that way. My mom always told me I could do or be whatever I wanted as long as I set my mind to it, and I believed her. I've moved across the country more than once, was an actor in L.A. doing theater, independent films, and even stand-up. I ran a successful catering company that led to owning and operating an award-winning Southern California restaurant. All this prior to earning a bachelor's degree in business management and marketing. Listen, you don't need a degree to accomplish your dreams. You need drive, passion, and belief in yourself, along with some caring folks who support you and believe in you. Since then, I've gone on to work in country clubs, casinos, a culinary school, and hotels. I've been coaching and consulting with small business owners for the last few years and blogging with business advice. I wanted to do more, to share more, to reach more of you. I decided to talk with folks I admire, lots of amazing 30-somethings, even some remarkable 20-somethings, and of course, more seasoned folks who kick ass at what they do, to show you, you can do it too. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Um, The country is struggling with severe labor issues. This problem definitely affects every industry out there, from manufacturing to shipping to offices, and most obviously in restaurants and hotels. The hospitality industry is pretty good at pivoting when your work is customer-facing. You kind of have to get good at that. Um, They have found ways to make things work from smaller menus and counter service to dropping daily maid service. But this is a problem that must be overcome in every industry. I think that if we all focused on building strong teams, we could pull ourselves out of this crisis. And I'd like to talk about that. So I just happen to know an expert in the team business. That's why I called Stacy Matheson St. Lawrence. Stacy grew up playing soccer really well, so it's no surprise that she became a Division I all-conference goalkeeper and three-year captain. She finished her college soccer career ranked top five in the country for saves per game. Stacy then spent 10 years coaching University Division I women's college soccer at Indiana University, Old Dominion, and James Madison University, helping to produce multiple all-conference players. Stacy gained a strong understanding of teamwork while coaching college soccer, which she applies daily to forge new paths in her business career. Thank you so much for joining me today, Stacy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I um, I just feel so strongly about teams and how it seems like um, we got we so got away from ourselves in business and and in life really away from the whole team concept and um, it just I just really wanted to talk about it and. You know, like I said in the little intro, you're the first person I thought of is I need to talk to an expert on teams. So uh, in your opinion, what makes a strong team? Well, well, first, I want to start off and just say thanks for having me on this podcast and, and say 
how inspired I am by you and this leap that you've taken to start this podcast. It, it, it honestly gave me the courage to say yes to doing it. Cause I'm like, okay, you know, she's out here. She's doing this. I can, I can get on the podcast it's a little outside my wheelhouse, but I could get on and have a conversation. So thank you for having me and thank you for taking this leap. It's, it's definitely inspiring, thank but you. um, yeah, I think there are, as far as a team goes and what makes a good team, um, there's, there's a few factors that I think are important from my experience that, you know, that I've witnessed. And, um, you know, one of those being effective leadership within a team and with that effective leadership, having clear defined roles and responsibilities. Um, so everyone knows their job and what they're supposed to be doing and understanding that, you know, on the soccer field, we all can't be forwards. Some people have to play defense. Some people have to be goalkeepers and understanding. And so with those clear defined roles, that kind of creates that pathway for everyone. Um, Second, having with that effective leadership, having open and continuous feedback and communication. And with that, having a level of vulnerability as a leader to be able to admit when you're wrong or do that. And just showing that level of humanism to the people that you're coaching or leading, I I believe is important because that helps foster a better relationship. Um, and then, you know, the second thing, uh, effective leadership, second would be having shared goals and common vision, because when things get hard, if you have the shared goals and common vision, you know where you're going, you know, that end destination, you know, that what you're going through is temporary and it's just to get you to that other side. So I, I think that's important, of course, being adaptive, adaptable to be able to handle conflict and pivot and and deal with adversity is important. And then having an eagerness to learn and improve and having that positive attitude, uh, I think is, you can't coach a positive attitude, you know, like you can, you can, you can try to grow it and do that. But you it's, it's so important to just try to foster that and create an environment where that can just flourish. And I think that makes a good team. And to make it a great team, you layer on the respect and mutual trust element Absolutely. to that whole thing. Yeah. And because with, with respect and mutual trust, that just ties everything together. And if my, you know, the, the women I'm coaching, if I'm asking them to do something, they know that I'm there right with, right with them. And I'm working as hard as they are. And I'm never going to ask them to do something that I wouldn't do myself or that I haven't done. And, and so having that mutual trust and respect, I think goes a long way. Well, I wholeheartedly agree. I think uh, respect is so, so important. Um, I think that a lot of, um, a lot of employers expect their employees to respect them as a leader, um, but it really goes both ways. And um, I, there's a lot of talk about servant leadership, um, which is which is what we're talking about here in essence. But it's respect is at the core of it. Um, when when you don't feel respected, you don't feel listened to, and and you don't want to work hard to create a good working relationship. And at least that's how I feel. Um, 
I see with employees and, and people that I work with. Um, it seems like it's not just with the employer and employee either. Um, actually, there is a study, um, and I had it, and I was supposed to put it down here, but I didn't. Uh, the tiny Pulse Employee Engagement and Organization Culture Report surveyed more than 200,000 employees and the participants reported that having the respect of their peers was the number one reason they go the extra mile at work. That is amazing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I can speak from my experience of be, being both a leader and, you know, a team member within an organization. And, and, and I agree with that. I think when you start losing that respect, that mutual respect as a member of a team, it's hard to show up. It's hard. It gets harder, right? Because it's just like, well, what I'm doing, it's not valued or, you know, that you start having those feelings creep in um, and you start kind of feel like you're running on a hamster wheel a little bit of, and, and there is no end in sight because the respect is gone. Um, in your, in your industries that you work on, work in, how have, have you seen a change in management style to deal with some of this? Because I think, I, I think there's been a transition, you know, I know when I was a kid and I was playing, we didn't talk about mutual respect. We didn't talk about any of that. It was do what I say when I say I'm doing it. And we all just say, okay, yep. All right. But you can't do that nowadays. There's been a change. So what have you seen on your side? Absolutely. It's, you know, especially in restaurants, you know, you're used to screaming chef, you're, you're used to, you know, um, hey, you know, do this, pick this up. Uh, the bussers and dishwashers are the only ones that do any cleaning. Um, it's not like that anymore. And it, and it shouldn't really have been. And, and that's it right there. Respect is the core of it. I, um, I think, or, or the, w the way that I've seen um, the businesses starting to shift is they didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work out. They didn't stay mm -hmm. in business because those that didn't respect their employees, when COVID shut down everything, they chose not to go back. Those employees chose not to go back. So those businesses did not survive. The, the, the restaurants and hotels um, where their employees were shown some respect were regularly told when they did a good job. I'm not saying it has to be fake. You're not saying, oh, hey, good job today. You're actually pointing out when they did something great and saying that is what is what we're all about. You're pointing it out. You're showing them, hey, you are a great team member and you mean it. Those are the businesses that stayed open. Um, I've, mm -hmm. I've had two restaurateurs on, on this podcast, and both of them talked about the importance of taking great care of their employees. And uh, Matt at Edibles and Essentials in St. Louis said he spends thousands a month on employee meals because they deserve to eat well, you know? <laughs> And, and he wants them to feel respected and cared for. Um, mm -hmm. And I just, you know, that the, the managers that didn't 
feel that in their hearts or didn't know how to create that kind of atmosphere, they're not in the industry anymore. It's yeah, it's definitely a struggle, you know? Yeah. 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 So, I, I, oh, sorry. Before we, before we have a lot more to talk about, but, but we need to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. So we will be right back. Okay. And just hold that thought. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back. Thank you. Uh, thanks, everybody, for hanging in there. And Stacy, you were about to say something about that, those managers that don't understand about respect. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think it comes down to just the basic human level of of just treating other people like humans. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's just because you're a manager, you're not above anyone. You're both humans. You're both doing a job. You both need each other to do that job, you know? So I think when we can recognize that, and I know when times get hard or, you know, during COVID, we were all struggling and, and sometimes you tend to forget that um, when you're going through something. But I think if we can go back to that core of, this is a human I'm dealing with. I'm human. We all have some stuff going on. I need to have some empathy and compassion. And if there's a difficult situation, I need to recognize when someone's doing good because they're doing a job and they should be recognized for the things that they're doing good. So, you know, I think it comes back to that. And you're right. The core of it is just respect. We we have to respect each other. And in a world that's so polarized, I think respect goes a long way. Yeah. 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 I know. I, I, I almost want to say, let's face it, this world needs to realize that we are all human beings and we are all on the same team. And wouldn't the world be a different place if, if we all realized and accepted that? Um, I don't want to get uh, political here, but that is the reality. And, mm -hmm. and it's just really evident both on sports teams and in business. Um, so as if it isn't, uh, you know, on the news, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk too much about politics, but we know that that's the truth. We are all on the same team. So if we dealt with each other at, at the core and said, these are our beliefs and let's try to figure out how we can all live life together as great human beings, we'd be in a way better spot right now. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. So as a college coach, you had to deal with some serious close quarters because your teams had to travel together, room together, and play together. So I'm sure that created some challenges. So can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. It's when you're coaching college athletics, um, there's a lot of glamour that People see, you know, on the outside, oh, you get to travel everywhere, you get to place, do this and do that. And, and what they don't realize are some of the things that you're saying, right? We're spending minimum four months together without a day off. There's, we're eating all of our meals together, we're doing that. So there, it does create, just like any situation where people are together for that long of time, there are some conflicts. Um, one of the biggest ones that we would run into no matter what team I was in was when we would have new people, um, new freshmen joining the team or transfers coming in. And for the first time in their life, 
they were a small fish in a big pond. They're used to being the big fish in the little pond, the best person on the field, always playing. And so that transition into college and, you know, as an 18 year old, having to figure that out and go, oh, my, I'm no longer at the top of the ladder. I'm down at the bottom and I have to earn my way up caused a a lot of conflict for the teams I was a part of for, you know, at least like the first month or so. And sometimes it happened throughout the season because they just couldn't figure that piece out. So we, we saw issues like that. And of course there was, you know, there's always the playing time issues that we run into. There's the scholarship money issues that we run into. Um, I would say with some of the teams where the head coach didn't have the most effective um, communication style and clear roles and all that, we ran into a lot of misaligned expectations mm-hmm. because we were all weren't on the same page, including the coaching staff and the players, because we, we, it, I believe in teams like that's a top down, you know? And so we're, we're following someone that is misaligned. So we're misaligned. Right. Um, yes. That's, that's something that I talk with business owners about it's so, so important that you share your goals with your whole team. They can't help you win if you don't tell them what winning is. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, if they don't know what the end goal is, how are they supposed to take the steps required to get there? Um, yeah. Any yeah, boss I see. that thinks they have to hold on to that is sorely mistaken. Yeah, yeah, you you can't ask your coworkers or your subordinates or your the women you're coaching to run and run hard if you don't tell them where they're running to. You know, like you have to you you like you said you have to de- define that that goal. Where where are we going? And and also define the steps on how to get there because there are the leaders that say, you know, I want to win that championship or I want to be the best restaurant in town. And that's all they give. And so the best restaurant in town could look different to five different people. And so people are going in different directions. So it's important to have the clear defined roles, but you also have to have our our goals, but you have to have the process goals in place as well. You know, here's how we get, here's my definition and here's how we get there by doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So, you know, back to like you, your team spent like every waking minute together uh, for, for so much time, which caused conflicts. But you know, what's interesting is that there was a study from MIT's Human Dynamics Laboratory <laughs> that found that social time is deeply critical to team performance. Um, but I think that that all ties back in with that uh, feeling respected by their peers. Um, they talked a lot about that study talked about how, um, the team members needed to talk, not just to their boss or at their boss or at their leader leader. I don't like that term boss, but at their leader, um, but with each other. And when they talked with each other, uh, they performed better. So, when you when you were working with your teams, did you team up junior members with senior members on the team ever? Um, 
I know my kids, when they started in a new high school, um, they were teamed up with a, a senior or a junior um, to give them a tour and show them around for a couple of days, and they were supposed to check in with them um, throughout the year. Did you do anything like that? Yeah, with the the teams that we honestly that I we had more success with that was in place. Um, and you know the the last team that I was a part of at James Madison, I had a boss that was very very good. The head coach was very good, very experienced. And what he do, did was not only would we partner and create a mentor slash buddy system between a senior member and a new member. But he also did, you know, a nice welcoming, um, welcoming meetings and introductions and outlined, you know, here's how this program works. So they had someone that they can ask questions and they had, and you would, you would see that bond just deepen and deepen and deepen with one another because they know they knew and they they started developing this trust within one another that I know I can depend on this person to help me. Right. And it went it went all season and they were partnered with that mentor all season long and we definitely saw the benefits of it. Yes, I think that's uh, a really good idea and you know, I I'm not sure how that would work in business uh, or in a small in a small business but um, I think there's got to be ways that we can we can partner senior members of the staff with the junior. I mean, when when we have servers train with another server, that trainer, I guess, offers that sense of um, here's someone that I can go to with questions besides the restaurant manager um, mm -hmm. or team leader, uh, you know, but in other situations as well. I think, I think, um, I think creating a, a better um, communication with department heads and their, um, and, and the people that work with them maybe would be a way to do that. I don't know, but I think every business owner needs to consider that because, yeah, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thought. And before you said that, I was about to ask, oh, how do you see that working in the business world? But it, it could be what you're saying. Um, I know that definitely, at least on the middle management level, if you're big enough to have a middle management, you know, those new managers that perhaps it's their first time being promoted into that role would benefit from one of their coworkers helping them and creating that open line of communication of, you know, Janice, you're going to help mo monitor Jane for the first three months of her um, management role and help, you know, work and in, in meet with her once a month to go over her goals and this not and outline and, and help create and foster that relationship. So they're both more invested. Yeah, I think that that would make everyone feel more part of of the solution to, to reaching your goals, number one, it gives them a better understanding of what it is that the either their department goal is and the company goal or just their department goal. Um, but yes, it, it gives them a better understanding of that and makes them realize how important they are to it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm sure that, you know, 
I'm sure you've worked with people that just didn't get along or who seemed different from each other, but, or, you know, that, you know, sometimes it's hard to break through. Um, and when you try to connect those people, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work out, but have you, have you used any tricks to be, bring people together that maybe came from different backgrounds or things? to make uh, them more comfortable? I think, I don't know if there are any different tips. I think, you know, I, I, to me, I think it's, it's trying to get people to work together. I think is maybe more simple than we all think it is. And it's, it, it, maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. But I don't think you can... are. I don't think you are. It's so funny because that was my thought when I was preparing for today we make it so much harder than it really is, you know? Yeah. I think that's our human nature is to make things harder than they really are. <laughs> but, but I, we like when we would have issues of some players not getting along and stuff like that, you know, we'd sit them down and it's just like, you don't have to like each other to work together first and foremost. Like you just have to respect each other. So if we can get to that level of respect, then you guys can work together. And after practices done or the game's done go your separate ways you don't have to hang out you don't have to do those things but we have to work together but you know things that we use we would have that we would again and I might be echoing some of the stuff I said before but it's it's encouraging open communication so encouraging that safe space so if someone has a conflict with someone and they don't feel like they can be heard or voice that they're going to hold everything inside resentment's going to build they're going to get frustrated and probably eventually leave or cause some toxic situations. So encouraging that open communication so everyone knows that it's safe to, to speak up and say something. And then with, along those lines, being able to address conflicts directly. I think a lot of times we get a, we're a little bit scared to do that. Conflict is scary. I know for me, that was a big hurdle for me to get over was that direct conflict resolution approach of, I have a problem, here it is, let's remove emotions and let's just discuss and work through that. Um, and then, you know, leading by example, I think if your leadership, not leadership as in managers and all that stuff, but the leadership within that core group of, of workers, can lead by example and show and, and do that clear communication and conflict resolution that goes a long way because it, it then again creates and fosters that safe environment. And then having, like I mentioned, clear goals and, and objectives and all that, when you have those in place, it's easier to set aside your personal conflicts because you're wearing that team crest. You're, you're, you know, representing that restaurant and everyone's goal is to make sure that restaurant's the best it can be. So I can, put aside my personal issues so I don't affect the team, you know? Yep. And, and, you know, so you don't agree with that person on that point, but everyone has their good, their, their good things that they're good at. Everyone mm -hmm. has something that they're good at. Mm -hmm. So we need to respect them as a human being and realize that we all have the same goal, which is, to well in in the hospitality industry is to create great experiences so all of us are here to create great experiences for our guests and they're going to do it their way and I'm going to do it in mine but we all are creating great experiences for our guests so 
that's that. And I was, it's so funny because I was just talking about us, everyone, we're all adults, you know? So it's okay if you have a problem with this person to say, hey, you know what? I wish you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just saying here, I, you know, I wish you wouldn't do that. Here's, in, in, here's my issue. Here's this. I'm dressing, addressing correctly. You know, set a boundary if, if you can and, you know, and attack it head on. But, yeah. you know, when you have an issue and then instead of going to the coworker you have the issue with, you go to another coworker and then complain about the issue that you have it with. <laughs> and then they, you know, it, it just creates this cycle of if, if I think if management and all that can just foster that direct communication style and feedback and all that stuff, then maybe that can, that, that can improve in an organization. If people are having trouble with it, you know, maybe that's a way to improve it. Yep. Um, that, that, uh, that study at MIT also said that the best performing and most creative teams in the study sought fresh perspectives constantly from all other groups in and out of the organization. So it's accepting, uh, and actually celebrating each other's differences. Mm-hmm. So realizing that that person's different from you, and hey, that's a plus because you're getting their perspective. You don't think that way. Yeah. How often do you see it in the restaurants you work with and the companies you work with? Do you see leaders actually asking and for that feedback from employees and asking for different perspectives? Are you seeing that more? Um, it is something that is encouraged now because I think that employees aren't comfortable with that. And so uh, when a supervisor or a leader is saying, hey, what do you think of that? Or um, do you like this idea? Or what do you think our goal should be? And there is complete silence. Um it's because the the employees are not used to being mm-hmm. asked their opinion. Um, but that doesn't mean that those leaders should stop asking. Um, it's so, so, so important that they make their employees aware of the fact that they are willing to listen. Uh, listening is the number one most important thing that a leader can do. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we need to tell our, you know, that you need to follow this rule or or our the way that we do this is this way. Um, yes, we need to show people how to do things, um, but we also need to let our employees know that we are here to listen. We We can't no company can succeed without uh, all of their team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one of the teams that I was a part of, we had the feedback issue. We would sit in team meetings, a lot of team meetings because it was a hard season and we would ask for feedback and it would just be silent. And it was like, we know that you guys have opinions because when we leave the room, Uh the chatter starts. (laughs) And so we had to start finding ways to ask differently because obviously they, 
it wasn't a sacred space. It wasn't a safe space for them to communicate. So we tried to come up with different ways. You know, here's an anonymous way to leave some feedback. Here we can ask in different terms and not be so, okay, we have this issue. What does everyone think? Maybe we have individual meetings with players because maybe they're afraid to speak up amongst the group. And I think you're absolutely right. The managers cannot stop asking. They just have to start finding new and different ways. And the more that they create that environment, the more people will feel safe to, to know that they can speak their opinion and they won't be, you know, reprimanded or fired or any of those things. Love, love, love that. Um, yes. And I absolutely hate the annual review. Um, I I don't like it. I don't want to sit down with an employee once a year and say, you're not good at this, you're good at that. Um, I think that it's important to take the time on a regular basis to meet with your employees and tell them what they're doing well. Um, and maybe that is the time to ask for feedback um, during those individual meetings. You know, um, everyone gets really busy, right? Mm -hmm. So, oh, I'm so, so busy. Um, mm -hmm. When I, I worked at a casino, we had hundreds, I had hundreds of employees under me. And I was constantly having to meet with them because they required that I met with them at three months. And then I met with them at six months. Well, I had hundreds of employees. So it was like every other day I had to meet with somebody. But, you know, it was a really good idea. Now, there's probably better ways to put that into practice. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. when, you, when you see someone doing something that is above and beyond what's expected of them, which is something that um, I concentrate on in the hospitality industry, um, when, when I see someone going above and beyond, I'm going to take a minute and tell them. One mm -hmm. of the things that I um, actually am talking with the Wisconsin Hotel and Lodging Association about is a shout out box um, for coworkers. So when when I see my coworker uh, help that guest with their luggage, I'm going to write it down and say, "Hey, Jerry, um, helped a guest with the with their luggage today." And I put it in the shout out box. And then we do, then that we're going to do um, a monthly meeting with the entire crew. And we're going to pull a name, uh, one of those out of the shout out box and read it. And the person who saw it gets a prize. And the person who did the act gets a prize. Mm. Um, maybe that's a way to foster that respect of your coworkers and feeling like you're appreciated, not just by your boss, but by your coworkers. Um, yeah. And that go that goes along the lines of the study you were cit citing, right? The respect of coworkers and probably the feedback and praise from coworkers probably goes a lot longer of a ways than, you know, the manager that feels a little bit forced when they're like, Oh, great work closing that deal, you know? So yeah, that's a great idea. That's a really yeah. great idea. Um, and it encourages the it encourages the employee that saw that to keep recognizing and keep on the lookout for, you know, their coworkers doing something good. So they're focusing on the positive, not focusing on the things they're not doing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's another thing. It's it's um 
So I talk about Mel Robbins a lot, but I listen oh, I to love her podcasts. Her. Okay. I love so it. So she, yeah. she talks about looking for hearts. And when you, she says every day she looks for a heart somewhere in nature, there's a heart. I actually have a rock in my pocket that's shaped like a heart because then you're looking for that positive coming mm -hmm. to you in nature. So them noticing that positive, then maybe they'll notice the positive more than the negative and it will cause fewer conflicts in their teams. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a, that's a great idea. You know, it, we, we can all use that, right? We can all use a little bit more positivity in our life and we should, you know, take it upon ourselves to start looking for those. So I that's love that. right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, let's focus on the positive. Let's focus on the positive in each other. Um, and in our situations, because, you know, there's enough negative going on out there and uh, life happens. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. But, you know, it is what you make it to be, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yep, yep, you're exactly right. Yes. Um, man, so we talked about a lot. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at my notes. Did I miss anything? Um, anything else? Any, any um, other suggestions that you have for team leaders um, when trying to create a, a strong team? Um, I think the last tidbits would be, you know, I know in, in today, you know, today's society and all that, we're all seeing probably more turnover than we would like to see, um, just because of where we're at, um, and, and, you know, everything that's going on. So I think if, when talking about that team and talking about them going together and bringing new people in to that organization or anything. I think one important thing when doing that, well, I'll say is kind of like what you're saying of, you know, find the positive, but it's encouraging the successes of the new people, prioritizing, encouraging those successes. Um, so, you know, if, if you're on a sales team and the first few closes that that new salesperson, if the team can recognize that in a genuine way and celebrate that, you know, you get that buy-in a little bit quicker. Um, and you know, it has to be genuine and it can't, you know, be the same message, but it, it's just creating that collaborative environment mm -hmm. and focusing on, you know, cause that's just going to strengthen everything. So I, I think that's my last thing is, you know, if we can just celebrate each other more, especially, you know, newcomers coming in and find the positives, then I think we can all work together a little bit better and, and have deeper connections within the group. Perfect. Great way to end this podcast. So thank you so much for joining me, Stacy, And thank you for listening. And thanks to Chris Hutchinson for producing. Why am I doing this podcast?